Ted, you are live, brother. How are you, mate? All right. I'm all right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. How's uh, Can you see and hear me okay and everything? You're looking fresh. How are you, mate? You going good? Good. I feel, yeah, I feel good. Uh, it's a nice day here. It's hot here in the uh, USA and Michigan. And um, it's kind of looking forward to, I don't know, maybe... I got a neighbor who's got a pool, so I'm kind of looking forward to jumping in there <laughs> this afternoon. So we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. How are you down there in, uh, uh, in Oz? Well, you, can you guess the time down here at the moment, Ted? Oh, geez. Okay, well, let's see. I, I spent a good deal of time in New Zealand, so let me backtrack from that country across the Tasman Sea. So it would be, okay, I'm going to guess. Let's see. Okay, I'll wildly guess 9 a.m. 6 a.m. <laughs> I was sort of close. You've been sort to of. have you been to Australia? I no, I have not. Foolishly, I spent many years living in New Zealand, uh, shooting a bunch of different TV shows, and I sadly never made it over to Oz. And I'm I, I'm I'm very uh, disappointed. I, I wish I had done so because what a what a country! And I, I'm so sorry I never yet got to yet. see Sydney yeah. and. Perth and all those wonderful things. Yeah. And I really do want to see them, you know, also, you know, want to, I want to visit the country where, you know, the greatest dystopian movies in the world are made. Mad Max, baby. Is that what we're talking? All, Mad Max, you know, uh, all of them. That's not just, you know, mm. um, not just, not just that series. I mean, there's a ton of them that obviously some don't get to America. So I, I've kind of had to search for them online to, to find them and uh, uh, my favorite, actually even more than Mad Max, and I love that series, is The Rover. What a great Pierce. movie with Rob great Patterson, movie. yeah. Great movie, it, it came and went, nobody saw it. I was I went back to see that twice in the theater, it was so impressive, but again, yeah. another great Australian dystopian future movie. It's just, you guys make them like nobody's business. Well, I appreciate that. now. Speaking of making it like nobody's business, you uh, you were phenomenal in this game, mate. I've got to say, you really Thank stood you. out. Uh, everyone, everyone in the chat agrees that you were phenomenal. Tell us about the process and, and how it all came about. I'm interested to know. Well, sure. Well, first of all, hello, everyone who's joined the chat. Uh, thanks so much for, for uh, stopping by, Dan L. Gaming, and uh, talking to me. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm sorry, I completely forgot your question. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive um, me. The the how did it all come about with uh, with the quarry? And I'm guessing they reached out to you, yeah. They did. Um, the head writer there, uh, his name is um, Graham Resnick, and um, I believe Will Biles, the director, originally came up with the story. If I'm not mistaken, I could have those facts wrong, but I think so. Graham, who's an incredible writer, was tasked with putting all of those thousand plus pages together and. Crazy. I knew him because crazy, nothing. It's just an insane amount of work, mm. but it, it's not his first time at the barbecue. And uh, Graham and I had also worked together on another TV show called uh, Dead Wax, which Graham created. And that was for Shutter TV. And it was such a weird and super original idea, super spooky idea. Um, and I had a great time working on it, me and Hannah Gross and a few others. Um, and on that one, you know, that was a traditional kind of audition deal. And Graham and I met and we got to like each other and respect each other. And I think, and so Graham called me up and said, look, I'm doing this video game. Do you want to be in it? And Graham's maybe one of 
three or four people in Hollywood that if he says he wants you for something, you just say yes, because I completely trust him. So I'm glad I did. It was happened to be one of the best decisions uh, I ever made in my career because I, I had such a wonderful time on it. And how long did you work on it? Like years and years, right? Because it was all through COVID and, and that period as well that you worked on. I believe you had to do some scenes without the other actors as well. Is that right? Yeah, it made it, it made it an incredible pain in the ass to shoot because of that. So yeah. we would come in, shoot a couple sequences, then we couldn't come back because of COVID. And I don't mean COVID took anybody out, thank God, but I mean to say is uh, some actors couldn't make it, some were from other countries um, and had trouble, you know, with immigration just because of COVID and everything was very difficult, especially Miss Miss Siobhan Williams, who uh, is Canadian. And I think, I believe that made it challenging for her, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was tough. It was shut over a number of years, but it was well worth it. I was incredibly pleased with the results. And were you familiar with the uh, previous series from Will uh, Until Dawn? Had you? I certainly was. Yeah. Yes, I have a, a, a really creaky old Xbox 360 from the Obama years, and uh, I used to play. That was sort of one of the last games that would work on it. It didn't really work well kind of sucked so i actually just ordered myself a new system so i'm sure all you guys listening so, now are like damn dude you're a dinosaur but so you're gonna yeah. are you gonna pop the quarry on are you gonna get ps5 xbox what are you thinking it's on its way it should be here tomorrow but it's like they were back ordered like a million years so yeah <laughs> P- uh, yeah play my playstation's coming tomorrow so i'm so excited that's all i'm doing tomorrow because i'm on that <laughs> i think you know i don't i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna try and put the quarry in but i don't know I haven't gotten a new system in so many years that, I mean, maybe some of your fans or listeners would know the best way to set that thing up, but I'll help you, know, you out I, if you need it, man. Yeah. Don't worry. Okay. I need help. I will see if you need help. What's it like seeing yourself in a video game? And it's, and it's not like, not all the time in games is your face recreated one-to-one as well. This is you in this game in terms of looks, it is. especially. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a joy because this this is unlike any other video game I've you know, I've voiced video games before. Yeah, but I've never had my face and done so realistically. Um, well, I'll tell you, it was it was very much like uh, like making a movie in that regard and the finished product. So it was very gratifying. It was like watching a movie, and the director Will Biles, um, you know, is a photographer as well as a director and he's excellent at both. And so cinematically, it's beautiful to look at. The lighting is very, very, uh, very cinematic. And I've, it was beautiful. I, I, I told Will, and uh, this is, happens to be the truth uh, recently that um, I never in my life thought I would say after all the movies I've done and all the directors of photography I've worked with that the best lighting I was ever in was a video game. But it's true. Wow. And wasn't it inspired by like 17th century painters or something like that? He said, I feel like. Yes. Uh, I believe Will mentioned uh, Carvaggio. Yeah. Uh, the, the Italian painter Carvaggio. And if you look at Carvaggio's paintings, you can see these very intensive shadows over very grisly and upsetting scenes. But more specifically, Carvaggio would also put these sort of red patterns and these. Yeah. these Sort of thick fabrics behind all of his his subjects, no matter where they were, even if they happen to be outside, and it strangely works. And if you look at a lot of the shots in the quarry, you can see that there. Strangely enough, there's some 
you know, things that sort of leaves, but that rather look like fabric. I just thought that was just. Do you, do you get that on set or do you only see that after the fact? Like, how does that work? No, you only see it after the fact. Everything we had done, um, everything we had done was done uh, in a blank, empty studio. Yeah. Everything was done wearing what they call mocap suits. I'm sure your, your, your viewers right now know exactly what those are, but for those who don't, that's motion capture suits. So you're basically wearing a, a compression suit, which looks a lot like a, uh, a diver suit. On those, there are a lot of little dots that the computer, uh, when, when uh, fed into a camera, extrapolates and then creates your character, essentially. So on the set, while we shot, there was nothing but a giant white stage. That's it. Yeah. you got to be creative, and don't you? You do. And also, um, it's, it's, it kind of removes a little bit of the traditional Hollywood Mm. um, sensory information that actors usually get, because of course, typically you're on a set, which is built by professional set designers and there's props by professional prop makers. So you've got the right gun, you've got the right uniform, you've Mm. got the right set around you, but there was nothing here. In fact, the gun that I used in the um, everything is representative so the computer can figure it out later. And in this case, the gun that I had in my belt was a rubber band gun. <laughs> it was literally a rubber band gun. And I remember um, that Skylar and I kept, you know, joking that, you know, well, you know, if you ever escape out of the cell, my rubber band you to death, you know. <laughs> so um, it was, uh, it, but it's, it was like that. It was basically like that. So, um, yeah, but so that's the downside. The The advantage, however, is that because there's no crew hardly except a few technical people mm. and you're on a blank empty stage, it really feels a lot like you're uh, rehearsing for some black box theater thing in New York city or something, you know, it feels like you're, you know, you're, you're not really making the movie yet. And so there's a great mm. sense of um, freedom. You sort of felt like, Oh, this is just a rehearsal. We're not really shooting anything. And so I think we were all kind of free to take a lot more risks than we might have otherwise, if it was, an actual shoot with a camera and yeah. limited number of takes and time and stuff like that. So it was, it was in that sense, it was very freeing. And there's not traditional blocking, is there, and things like that? Or is it even more intense? Uh, no, not traditional blocking, though there are some marks you have to hit. Yeah. Um, but because, of course, there's no camera present, there's no focal length necessary. And because of that, specific marks aren't really that, that crucial. Though it is important, for example, in the scenes with, uh, Siobhan Williams, that we be at a certain distance and that certain things need to happen between us. But um, um, other than that, no. i got to say, your chemistry with Siobhan and Skylar was off the chain. I don't believe you'd ever met them before, before this project. And no, I heard I, I heard they were a bit of larrikins on set as well. They were quite funny. Is that right? I'm sorry, a bit of what? Larrikins. Quite funny. What is larrikins? Do you know what that means? No. It's, no, uh, what does larrikins mean? Uh, larrikins? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. What does that mean? Larrikins? Someone in the chat, please please give me a definition of that word. It, maybe, it's, maybe it's an Australian word. How do I spell it? Lar- larrikins. I don't know. I don't know, Mike. Uh, it's an Australian English word meaning a mischievous young person. Okay. They're not really mischievous. Are they? I'm, I'm, right, so you sort of expected me to know. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let's see where I see where this interview's at. But it's a okay. conversation okay. between Let's mates. Worry. You know. I got you now. I yeah. got your. I got you. What's going on over there? After this um, interview, you'll be saying "mate" all the time. 
you might, guy. <laughs> uh, that was that was Kiwi. That wasn't really Aussie. No, that was all uh, right. That was all right. Fair, fair Aussie. Um, yes, I got very lucky. First of all, those two actors, uh, Siobhan and Skyler, are brilliant. It's all there is mm. to it. They're both highly experienced, uh, seasoned actors that um, brought a thousand percent. And when that happens, you know, you you up your game. That's all there is to it, you know. So it, it's just kind of that. But the chemistry is something that you can't plan. You just have to get lucky. And thank you for the compliment, incidentally. Um, I got very lucky getting those two, especially Siobhan, who I had most of my scene with, scenes with. And uh, she's very, very good. And she's very game creatively as well. She came up with all kinds of great bits that uh, we, uh, we put in there. So, How does it work? Because as you said, it's a thousand page script. And yeah. there's so many branching ways it can go. How does that work for you? How do you get in that place where you can sort of maneuver that? And and how does that all work? Because I'm just fascinated. Well, like you, you can't do five or six takes, can you, Perth? It's it's go and go, right? Yes, it's very fast, but it's not for the reasons that traditional move well, sorry, it is for the well, there's no film. You're not gonna first in the old days, in the old days yeah before digital yeah before digital the problem (laughs) was of course you wanted to finish your day because it's expensive to make movies but also there's a limited amount of film in the in the can right yeah now of course with digital it's endless but the price of making a movie is still expensive with gaming it's up by a tenfold so i i remember once being told but i can't remember the exact figure but something like for every second of video shot shot you know it's not really shot it's just captured but for a second for every second something like uh i don't know a thousand five hundred dollars a second or something insane like that so you know for 30 seconds of film it's something i mean something to the effect of yeah it's 5g astronomical yeah so so we didn't frequently go back and redo things which i was disappointed about but i was also very um very happy in a sense, because I'm the kind of actor who's best on the first or second take. Some actors are not, some actors, you know, depending on what kind of an actor you are, some are better on the second and third, and some actors aren't even good until the 10th or 11th, then they really start to shine. But unfortunately for them, it's very unusual for it to go that far. So I, I'm very lucky. So I, I, I worked in an environment that, that, that suited me quite well in that regard. What direction did you get for this character in terms of like his demeanor, because I I notice very different to um, just very sort of I couldn't trust him from the from the word go. Was that yeah. the intention? I'm guessing. Uh, well, yes, it was written into the part, so that made yeah. it easy. First of all, yeah. Um, the second thing was he was not a stereotypical police officer. That was also written into it, so that made it easy as well. You know, he wasn't saying things like "Okay, book him." You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a detective over here. (laughs) Yeah, he was pretty sus, wasn't he, from the start? (laughs) Yeah, he's a small town detective, which made it very, small town cop, excuse me, which made it interesting. Um, The direction I got from Will Biles, the director, uh, was, well, it always depends on the director you're with. In Will's case, uh, Will's the kind of a director that will let an actor go and do what he needs or she needs to do. And if that's not exactly what he's looking for. He will very gently and subtly bring that person to the place where he needs them to be. So yeah, sure. We all got a little bit of direction, but I think 
the casting did 95% of the work. Um, yeah. And I think that was a great deal of it, you know. Um, guys, if you have any questions for Ted, please send them through. We'll be happy to answer. Um, let me just get one up here now from October. I feel like I haven't seen you since the Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi Spider-Man films in my childhood. Did you see No Way Home, Ted? Sorry, is that two questions, or they want to know if I've ever been home since I made Spider-Man? <laughs> oh, the, uh, the look, No Way Home Spider-Man. Okay, in October. Right. He's been very busy since. Uh, I didn't know if that was a comma or another. Sentence. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, I've been no, I've been pretty quiet. They're not entirely wrong. Um, I've done. Uh, I tend to work on projects. I'm very lucky that I can sometimes pick and choose my projects and uh, yeah. the last few years been able to do that. And I've chosen to do smaller indie movies that have interested me rather than larger projects. And I suppose, <clears throat> you know, my pocketbook, that's not such a good choice, but um, in my heart and in my head, I did. So I was very happy with what I did. So yeah, sure. Spidey, I suppose was the last maybe big feature that I did, but um, I've been sticking to television and, and indie movies since then and now this game has brought me a an entirely new world of of uh you know viewership that i i didn't expect so it was it's been a lovely surprise in that regard well you gotta you gotta do what you're passionate about don't you i think so if you you know i mean um I, i've seen it. the reason i did that in my career even though it might not have been perhaps the smartest trajectory you know success wise i've seen in hollywood many many times actors who um, just chased after what they felt was the best career move all the time. And occasionally they would become big stars doing that, but much, much more frequently, they would be broken people. They would be made crazy and bruised and, uh, you know, become recluses, you know, it would just destroy them. So I, I realized I didn't want that. And I saw that happening to me in, in California about three or four years ago. So I moved back to Michigan. And ever since I've done that, it's been a best part of my career. You know, I've done the best things of my, of my life in the last four or five years. So that's amazing that you moved out of LA. I, I do respect that. So thank you. Well, you know, I, I had to, uh, it wasn't healthy for me anymore. Yeah. And, um, but, uh, it's great to be here to away from it all, just because I feel much more creative here in Michigan. And, um, that's your you hometown, know, and, isn't it? It's my hometown. Yeah. yeah. It's my hometown. When I go back to California, you know, I'm, I'm just visiting, you know, yeah. when I go do movies now, I just visit, have dinner yeah. with my friends. I go visit. I miss all my pals, but other than that, glad to be here. Yeah. That's amazing. I got to say, by the way, I those Spider-Man films, um, you know, you played Hoffman in them. Yeah. You, you, look, you didn't have much screen time, but the like when you were on screen, you maximized it. You were brilliant. Every Thank every you. second you got, you nailed it. So I'll give uh, Thank you. Got to give you kudos. Thank, you. Well, Thank you. It was a fun character to play. You know, it's good. To, plus, you know, I mean, getting to work with uh, J.K. Simmons was worth every second of that, you know. What's he like when the when the camera's off and because he's very mean to you in the in the movie? I'm guessing he's not in that character the whole time. He's a goofball or what? Are you, oh, you asking me what he's what he's like in real life? Well, like when when it when it shuts down, are you guys back and forth or what's it like? Like I just 
Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. JK's a, a very warm and funny guy. He's very funny, man. Um, quick, as you might expect. He yeah. thinks quick. He speaks quickly. Um, and also, you know, JK's also he's from Detroit too. So, you know, anytime the camera would cut, we talk about the Tigers or you know yeah. Midtown. You know what's going on uh, downriver or whatever. You know? so, <laughs> it's yeah. just an interesting dynamic because he berates your character, and I don't know what what's it like working with your brother as well. I mean, what's that dynamic like with you two, like working relationship? It's very good. It's very good. We uh, well, of course, growing up, we we know each other's tastes quite intimately, and so um, you know, I'll. I think before he would say anything, I suppose I would know if he liked or didn't like a take mm. pretty fast. Um, so that was a very nice dynamic. And um, it's nice to work with uh, family members. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, Payton, he says, I played the game two times. I'm going to play it for a third time today. Yeah. So today. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Well, man, you must dig that game. So all right for you. It's a good thing. Uh, I'm I, looking forward to. I Man, played it on a friend's um, um, Xbox, new Xbox. It looks awesome. Yeah, the graphics. I, I saw that post you shared of um, the technology is the same as what they used for Thanos in the Avengers. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. And that that the uh, studio where they shot Thanos is also where they shot uh, the quarry, and that is. Um, digital domain in uh, yeah. Los Angeles. An enormous studio, enormous white space. You know, it's just massive, like a old school Hollywood studio stage, soundstage, really something. And if you got the bug, Ted, I imagine you've got the bug now because everyone I speak to, when it's their first motion capture, they just want to do more and more. It's all I want to do now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, that's all I want to do. If, yeah. uh, if, especially if that same team said, Okay, can we take up two more years of your life? Tomorrow, starting tomorrow, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't have to think twice about it. That was. It was a. It was this incredible experience, you know, and because you kind of get it all. With you know, you don't get that movies. You're you know, you do get a lot of it, but there's there's an additional element of after people watch it, they can also play mm. it and figure it out like mm. a puzzle. That's, yeah. You can't do that with a movie. You've watched the movie and you. That's it. Just don't tell the person if it's a mystery how it ends. But you can't really <laughs> screw that up with Corey because there's I don't know 126 different endings. I couldn't believe it when they said that, but yes, it's true. I'm there really are that many endings. Ted, I am sorry, but I've played it about four or five times, and I don't think you've oh, survived. Here it comes, I guys. don't think you've survived once. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I know. I couldn't make uh, myself either at my pal's house. Like, I kept blowing my face off. I was like, bam! Oh, yeah, my face got blown yeah. Bam! My face got blown up. I was like, why can't I get past blowing my own face off? I don't know. But couldn't seem to do they, it. They love blowing your face off, the animation team. Yeah. I mean, they just had a had a ball doing it, apparently. <laughs> I have to ask, next time I go to London, England, I'll have to ask those guys. It's super massive. Why? I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're the one that got... Even in the jail, you can... You can stuff up and and blow your head off in the jail, which I accidentally did as well. So yeah, that's where I usually. That's the time. I oh, that's the time you do it. Yeah. When I was kind of, I couldn't figure out like all the time where I'm like wrestling the gun with Siobhan. I'm like, okay, how do I not blow? Bam! Oh, yeah, you know. Can you can you talk me through the scene uh, in the dining room? I think near the end. Uh, 
where there's uh, you, Siobhan, um, who else is in that scene? Ethan and Justice as well, I believe. Yes. Do you know the scene I'm thinking of? Are you, are you speaking? Well, first of all, uh, for those who haven't played the game, sorry. Spoiler alert. This coming. is a spoiler alert, guys. Spoiler yeah, this alert is a spoiler coming. alert. If you yeah. are, have not played the game and are about to pause this or come back to it later, this will be on YouTube. Do not listen any further. Just know that <laughs> it's I and not Dan who warned you about that. Just remember that. Oh, this is the guy shit. who's supposed to be the gaming master. And I had to do the warning. Okay. Just want you to know that. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit, you show me. You are, you you are the worst up. game host in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, shit. So that's, show me now up. that's been said. That's out of the way. So, well, so that scene is, that's a tricky scene. That's a reconciliation kind of a scene. That's a, a scene where it's quite well written and the game boils down to that moment where you don't know if Siobhan, who of course plays Laura, who now has werewolf powers, is going to just kill Travis. She absolutely can, right? He locked her up. He's kind of a psycho. He locked her up for three months and uh, mm -hmm. what's she gonna do? And just, you know, Justice Smith's character as well. You know, he could shoot me in the face and all kinds of things could happen. Um, but that dynamic was well structured enough so that when we got to that moment in the script, um, I think it really played out quite nice. And um, I think it's a lovely, some lovely moments in there, some lovely choices that the, the, uh, the gamer can make, you know? Well, that's um, the crazy you thing. Can, you, can, you can, and you can choose and you can choose to have Siobhan say, you know, you know, F you, I'm going to blow your face off or I'll turn into a werewolf and I'll bite your face off. That's what I'm saying. It's so diverse. So as an actor, that must be a dream, a scene like that, because you've got to play every sort of emotion, yeah. really. Yeah, it was, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on there. There's an incredible, mm. incredible amount going on there. But of course, there's multiple versions of it. And so like all the other actors in the game, you shoot one version and then another and then another and then another and you have to sort of turn it around in your head and you know it's a, it's a bit of a mind puzzle but it's a yeah. it's a fun one to solve you know yeah. but it's lovely because it's kind of like the, it's like when you're watching a movie or a tv show and you're like oh man i just if we could just you think something you love you only i could be in there and go back and change that to when blank right mm. like you want like for example you know like Breaking Bad's a good example, you know, for those mm. who've seen the show, is I think mentioned that because so many have seen it. You go, man, if only Walter would have just ducked <laughs> or earlier, a second or he'd still be yeah. alive, you know? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. You know? I mean, um, I will get so. I will get to more questions, guys. Keep them coming through. But I do want to pick your brain quickly, Ted, about sure. horror. Cause I know sure. the, this that's one of your big genres. Um any yes. any good horror films that you can recommend the last few years? that that really stood out to you that were like pushing the medium forward that you, you thought they were pushing it oh forward. that like were game changers mm. oh um shit, i had to think what, that do, what, do, to what think do you about. think uh, i'm I guessing mean, you've seen a movie like hereditary or midsummer sure yeah sure they're both of course those are both absolutely game changers you know 
Yeah. No, there wasn't there wasn't any movies released in the states like that. That's for sure. That everybody went, "What the f is this?" Mm. Nobody could, you know, it was it was it was mind-blowing. Um, I went to both of those movies thinking I was just going to see another standard horror movie and I was Oh, greatly shocked wow. and surprised by both of them so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, you know and then there's movies too there's horror movies that you know i lately i've been going back and watching classics you know i don't uh, mean classics like cat people classics like back like, in the 50s and 40s but yeah like the thing or something like that or but yeah like 70s and 80s yeah. 90s classic you know um the thing you know the 80s was actually you know people when people think of 80s horror these days they tend to think of it in terms of like the movies that the Corey was referencing, like My Bloody Valentine and Sleepaway Camp and stuff. But um, that was also a great period for really high quality, slick ones that people tend to not think as much about, such as The Thing is a great example. David Cronenberg, that's John Carpenter's version of The Thing, David Cronenberg's version of The Fly, both incredible. Uh, Carpenter's Pristine. I'm guessing, you've, I'm guessing you've heard of Candyman. <laughs> candy man too yes and i am in i thought that would turn out quite well thank you yes yeah so, uh, yeah okay yeah. so you've been going back so you recommend some of the old school classics yeah uh, another yeah. one another one too which is more of a mystery but that really kind of got lost in the mix which is a shame is um uh alan uh the british director alan parker um who's Best known for many other movies, but Parker directed Mickey Rourke in Angel Heart, which was a book adaption by a guy named William Hortonsberg. Uh, it's just an amazing version of that book. It's just incredible. It's really beautifully done, beautifully shot. Robert De Niro plays the devil. I mean, what else do you need to know to want to see? The movie? <laughs> that's awesome. That's pretty. Uh, that, I, I hope that was in the trailer because that, that would have sold me. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Uh, Dan, you are the goat. Ted Raimi, how did you? How do you do this, Dan? How did I get? How you? do you do it, Dan? I'd like to know too. <laughs> how did it's, you do it? It's the charm, right, Ted? It's all the charm. Yeah. Uh, Ted, do you like milkshakes? If so, what's your favorite flavor? Sorry, yes, I've... I love milk. <laughs> yes, I love milkshakes. Uh, I pretty much like all the flavors. Um, I don't like chunky things in my milkshake though. Like so when they put like chocolate chips and M&Ms, I hate that crap. That's for ice cream. That's not for milkshakes. So just know that. Hey, uh, they also say, I love you, Ted. You're an amazing actor and an amazing human being. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to everybody. This lovely, lovely comments today. Thank you. If I read them all, Ted, come back because there's so many. I mean, this will. if you're feeling down, this is the video to come back to. Thank you. <laughs> James, I shall do that. <laughs> James Tukino, Ted, you killed it in the quarry. I love the game. What was your favorite scene that you were a part of? Oh, my favorite scene in the quarry to do. Um, well, it's. I suppose. I suppose I don't. I don't really have favorites like other actors. Like, oh, I've loved doing this the best and that the best. Because my enjoyment level working on a movie, or in this case, a video game, uh, relies on the, just the challenges I sort of get, you know, while I'm there. You know, it's like everybody else. When it's a more interesting day, it's a more interesting day. And figuring out that dynamic in the jail cell scenes with Siobhan and Skyler was the most fun because 
they were really quite difficult to do because, um, well, you know, they're just, mm. the, the, you have two actors, you know, both those guys are so good and figuring out what to do with each of them during, during each of those multiple scenes was challenging. So I, I think I had the most fun doing that. Yeah, and it stands out as an interrogation scene as well. Oh, yes, that was very interesting. That was difficult to do. I had a difficult time with that. Why, why, why that one? Why was that difficult? Um, well, because at that point, spoiler alert again, please pause your interview here and come back to it later if you have not played the game. Just know this is the second time we've had to do this with the gaming master here. So I'm just saying, I ain't saying it. Hey, Ted, I, I, <laughs> I, it's a prerequisite that ha people have to finish the game. It's phenomenal. You've got to play it. Come on. You should have already right, played it by now. You know. That was challenging because I had to play Travis at that point as, of course, he's trying to threaten her to get information out of her, but also yeah. he needs her help. So it was a challenging combination. He can't mm. be too brutal or too you know verbally rough with her he had to be um kind of walk mm. a fine line so it was it was pretty challenging you know and then to to you know make matters more i don't think difficult but more challenging is that you know i've got a got a lot of help and you know a lot of energy also coming from uh, ms williams so that was kind of made it awesome well yeah there's two there's two ways she can go she can go more subdued or she can go pretty fiery can't she Right. Yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Great writing. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic Assassin 58. I love how in the original Spider-Man 2 movie, Ted's character Hoffman mentions Doctor Strange and now his brother just directed Doctor Strange 2. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I think that uh, a rather a coincidence, yeah. I think. I don't think that well, was it planned, wasn't planned to go. 20 years ago. No. no. <laughs> um, maybe, I don't know how long that was, 15 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, I think that was just a coincidence, but it wound up being sort of fun and cool, you know. If if they t did a Spider-Man 4, are you in, Ted? In in what way? I mean, I would certainly want to see it. I don't know if I'd be in it. That's only If they issue. said come back, would you do it? As Hoffman? Well, Hoffman or maybe a villain. Yeah, I would. Yeah? No. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's a great franchise. And, you know, I love Spider-Man like everybody else, you know, it's fun as hell. Who doesn't want to be Spider-Man? Who hasn't felt picked on? You know, we all have. And that's a that's why it's such a brilliantly written character by Stan Lee. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I I was picked on myself. I am myself the uh, well, I got bullied all the time back when I grew up. You know, it was coming around the early 80s, though. It was all you know, it was pretty violent. <laughs> it's much more, a little less texting, a little more shoving. So yeah, um, a little, yeah. little bit different. But that's, but when I got out of high school, you know, I started to, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to be picked on anymore, even though high school was over. You kind of still have that in your head, you know, as we all do, you know, we carry that with us our whole lives. And um, so I decided to join the force and I went to school. I went to Michigan State and I took a year of pre-law to be a cop you know i was like okay wow i didn't know that find any bullies out there i'm gonna take care of them myself you know yeah right no bullies no bullies i will take care of them so i took a year pre-law and just at the end of that 
my, you know, pre-law 103, I was like, no, I just love movies too much. And I decided to come out to Hollywood. So, but it was nice that it came around in that regard that, you know, I finally, you know, got to play a cop. So it was very gratifying. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people that are getting bullied? Bit of a different question, I know, but seeing that you've been through it. different for every person and I don't want to guide anybody wrong. I would certainly, uh, really, it's not my place to say. Yeah. Um, But I would say, I do know this, you know, look, I grew up in, I grew up in big cities my whole life, Detroit and the surroundings, New York and Los Angeles. You know, I was never lived in a small town. So um, I do know that, you know, one thing bullies don't like is uh, to be challenged. That's it. So if you can challenge them, however you're able to do that in a safe way, uh, go do that. You know, that's what I would suggest. You know, don't don't take it because it's just going to get worse. Jack, that's, there's my life advice to you for what it's worth i appreciate that jack says what was it like to approach a character like travis who can either be sympathized with or viewed as a monster depending on how the player plays it that well first of all that that all those choices are all the writers and especially the creator which is will biles and the head writer graham resnick he created all of that all that all those complexities are already in, so I had nothing to do with it. No actor does, really. However, um, to present that, you know, you you have to be careful. You have to run a fine line, because if you're going to play it all one way or another, you'll spoil it, you know. Mm. Um, but then that's what makes any good character, in my opinion, that I watch in a movie interesting, you know, is that there's just one way that's boring, you know. Muhahaha is boring, you know. So yeah. I love everything. It's very dull. Yeah. Um, and no one wants to see that crap. So, uh, you know, try and stay away from those tropes if you can. Now, I've got to ask you, because, you know, 46 years of friendship, 10 plus films, Bruce Campbell, tell us that friendship, it's lasted so long. You guys are you know, a dynamic duo. What's the secret? Why? What's... You know, and I, and I was laughing, by the way, Ted. I was watching uh, some outtakes where you were rapping. Oh, man, that, oh. that was fantastic. Do you know what I'm talking about? Takes from rapping from from I think what was, movie. I think it was from Corey? Xena. Or oh, that's possible. Yeah, I, you know. it's on YouTube somewhere. Oh, you, I believe it. Rapping. Oh, oh yeah, that was a, a DVD extra. Session. DVD extra, yeah. You yeah. made for someone uploaded it. Um, <laughs> well, it, why why we why we're still close? Well, we we first of all we live across the country from each other, and Finally, he owes me 50 bucks and he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to pay me back. And so we continue this sort of friendship because he knows as soon as like I see him again, uh, I'm going to ask him. Right. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we just, I mean, I've known the guy since I was 11 or 12, you know. He babysitted you. Is that right? Yeah. He would babysit me sometimes. Yeah. They drove me to, you know, school. If I missed the bus, if I'd see him in the morning or yeah. if I missed the bus go home, we'd pick me up i mean he would hang out at my house a lot you know because he was friends with my older brothers and yeah so we got to be pals too you know so i've yeah known him for a long time yeah you guys have got to work together again eh yeah you know we uh i'm sure it'll come around i mean yeah. can't seem to find three four years in our lives where we don't work <laughs> on some movie or tv show so i'm sure there's one coming around quite soon you think you could convince him to get in the spandex for a mocap game 
Uh, I'm sure, sure he'd probably want to himself. I don't think I'd have to convince him. I'm oh. sure he'd, you know, probably enjoy it, I think, if I could say. A um, couple more, Ted. I really appreciate your time, mate. Um, you betcha. Is there any... Um, is there any advice that you could give to maybe upcoming actors or anyone in the creative field that, that you would give? <clears throat> yes. Um, first of all, there's no need, if you're starting in the business and you want to be a movie actor, don't bother with LA or New York. Go to Atlanta if you're in the United States. <clears throat> really? Because, oh yeah, absolutely. Because... They shoot tons and tons and tons and tons of things in Atlanta. Acting work is plentiful. Living is cheap. That's it. LA, it's scarce. Living's expensive. Same with New York. <clears throat> the heck with those two cities. I recommend Atlanta. That's what I would do if I were starting today. That's number one. Number two, um, I would say to work on being an actor, the best thing to do is just start observing everybody. Just observe carefully. That's your most important, you know, your most important tool and um stay away from high-end acting schools they're all bs every one of them new york university yale harvard dartmouth that nonsense not that anyone in their right effing mind would do that <laughs> to spend hundred and fifty thousand dollars on acting classes but even if your parents are loaded or you have to come into that kind of money yeah. you're wasting four years of your life Wow. Don't do it. I went, I went, you know, I, you know, I took out, I, you know. Oh, have I, you, have you done that? I worked my way through NYU and, you know, did that whole thing. That was the biggest waste so you're of time talking, of my life. So you're talking from experience here. I'm talking from experience. Don't do it. Number two, sorry, number three, um, do as much theater as you possibly can. That will teach you like nothing else will teach you. That will give you stamina, teach you about story structure, everything you need to know. Do yeah. that. And, you know, stay away from every single acting book out there. They're all BS, every one of them except two. And I think I've read them all. One is Three Uses of the Knife by David Mamet. And the second um, is, the second one I would read is Zen and the Art of Archery. So the first book will teach you everything you need to know about acting, which, and incidentally, this book is about 25 pages long. That's everything you need to know. Everything else is practice. Wow. Yeah. Because it's a craft. It's a craft. It's a, sorry, it's a trade. It's not, some people will argue with this, but it's experience. You know, yeah. There's very, you know, I could, if I gave a seminar on it, it would take about two hours at most. And everything else you have to practice, you know, it's like, it's a little bit like, I don't know, <clears throat> sewing. I suppose if technically you could learn everything you need to know quite quickly, but it takes years to, to master it. It's like gaming. You so, can't you can't get skill like uh, myself without many years. And finally, the fourth <laughs> thing is run, run away from acting. <laughs> I mean, run. Do not walk. Run. Uh, if there is anything in your life, and I mean anything that you find appealing or attractive, no, go do that. Dead. Go do that. Dead. Oh yeah. No, Don't yeah. I I do hear that a lot actually. Only do it if you love it. If you effing love it, eh? If yeah, you can't get enough. And I'm guessing you were in that boat yourself. There was nothing else you could see yourself doing. Even the cop, 
No, yeah, no, and I wanted to be, yeah, I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to be a couple other things too, but I, mostly a police officer. And, uh, and yeah. then I was like, no, I just really wanted to be an actor, so I kind of took off for that, you know. I'm, and I swear, not a year of my life has gone by where at one point during that year I went, should have been a cop. <laughs> at some point, at some point, you know, when it gets hard, hey. you know, we all think about things that we wish we had done and taken another bifurcation that didn't happen. So it well, does happen like that. You were a pretty good cop in this game, mate. Um, Thank is, you. is there anything you want to say to the fans that are watching yeah, around the world? Yeah, there is. There really is. Um, I want to thank everybody um, for the support and kind words I've gotten. I've, it's so overwhelming. I don't even know where to begin. Um, I've never, ever been on a project. I've, I've been very fortunate. I've been on many successful movies and a very, very lucky and blessed actor, but um, I've never had the kind of verbal and and uh um kind support that i've gotten from from people who played the game and fans so thank you all very much i i know that i read many of the comments that you send and i'm greatly appreciative of them all so thank you let me quickly read some here for you absolute king ted you're amazing handsome brilliant actor ted you're a legend you're the best sheriff protect this man at all costs uh (laughs) <laughs> and the list goes on. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, is there anything we can get uh, Travis Hackett? Can can he say anything to Dan, Ted? Is that possible? To Dan? Yeah, can um, I, maybe you can tell him. Um, so you want like the move from the Dan, yeah. but you, but you, okay. Yeah, maybe Let's like. Um, I guess this, Hold on, does this look like the Harbinger Hotel, Dan? I don't know. I'll let you. How do we do? Uh, let's see. Hold on. Um, do you want to tell me, Dan, what you are doing on this channel this late at night? Hmm. Hmm. Sorry, officer. I, I didn't mean it. What do you think, folks? Do you believe Dan, or should we just arrest his ass? Arrest his ass, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. thank you, man. Well, I, I really appreciate welcome. your time. I hope you had a had a good chat, had a good time, mate. I did. Thank you very much, and uh, thanks to everyone who's uh, watching the channel now and um, and later. I greatly appreciate the support. It's been overwhelming and lovely. So thank you, thank you, Dan. No, man, it's been an absolute honor, and. Um, I wish you more continued success and hopefully we do this again for your next big game. Yes, that'd be lovely. I'd love it. Thank you. All right, Ted. Have a great day. Guys, make sure you follow well, Ted on Instagram and Twitter. Ted Ramey, I believe it is, on both. Just on everything, yeah. Beautiful. Be good.